This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Turn to Genesis chapter 11. That's where we're going to begin our text. However, it'll be a couple minutes before we get to that. What I'd like to do tonight is I know this is family week, but I want to speak to you as the church family at Good News Baptist Church. And uh, we're going to take a few minutes to introduce this message, and then we'll get into uh, some of our passages. We're going to have you turn to three different passages tonight. But as we get started, I'd like to speak on the subject, Valleys in the Life of a Believer. In the Old Testament, in the text of the Old Testament, the Hebrew language, five different Hebrew words are all translated valley in our English Bible. It's interesting how we see that from time to time, but all five of those words represent five different kinds of valleys that were common to the Palestinian era or area. And we know a valley. It's, it could be a depression between mountains, it can be a broad plain, it could be a narrow ravine, it can be a low terrain. We have a lot of different um, kind of thoughts that pass through our mind, pictures of what a valley might be. Uh, and by my count, and, and uh, I've just started on this study, so I've, I've identified 33 different valleys mentioned in Scripture. There might be more than that, but that's as far as we've gotten the, to this point. But those valleys are all varying shapes and sizes and things, but they mark the Palestinian landscape even today. So as we see these things mentioned in Scripture, we recognize that they're still a part of the topography of that region of the world. But symbolically, a valley is often used to refer to the difficulties, trials, and challenges of the Christian life. So much so that stories, poems, hymns have been written about the topic. For example, uh, the song Peace in the Valley or the song Follow On. It's 121 in your hymnal uh, by W.O. Cushing uh, where, it's, where it starts at down in the valley with my Savior I would go. Uh, maybe some of you remember the Gethsemane Quartet who were popular a number of years ago. You remember Penny Andrews singing the song In the Valley, He Restoreth My Soul. This is a subject that many of us as Christians are aware of. We recognize there are difficulties. And the fact of the matter is, every Christian faces trials in his or her life. In fact, one of the most familiar verses of Scripture, probably the most familiar verse of Scripture, dealing with the subject of valleys is what? Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. Well, if we took into consideration tonight, we won't do it, and maybe this is not fair to share this with you because I haven't completed this series myself, but uh, of the five types of valleys mentioned in Scripture... I've outlined it this way. You have the valley of daily routine, which represents little change. The valley of danger, which represents harmful change. The valley of diversity, which represents a drastic change. The valley of decision, which represents a needed change. And the valley of degrees, which represents a gradual chain, uh, change. Well, tonight, we're just going to deal with this first valley for time's sake and consider the subject of the valley of daily routine. 
And it's interesting because the pastor brought a, a devotion in one of the, the daytime sessions about rejoicing in the routine. And I thought it's so apropos for what we're looking at tonight. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. You don't need to turn there. Just mention this verse. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. The word valley here is speaking of a broad plain surrounded by mountains. It's also translated plain in a number of passages, such as Genesis 11, 2 Chronicles 3, Nehemiah chapter 6, and twice in Ezekiel's chapter 8 and chapter 3. There are seven valleys in Scripture that are this type of valley. I just mentioned those briefly. The plain of Shinar in Genesis 11 that we'll be looking at in a moment. The valley of Jericho, Deuteronomy 34. The valley of Lebanon in Joshua chapter 11, along with the, uh, the valley of Mizpah in that same chapter. The plain of Megiddo in 2 Chronicles 35. The valley of Avon in Amos 1. And the plain of Ono in Nehemiah 6.2. I like that. All of us know what it's like to be in that valley of Oh no. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, but if I could liken an area that you and I would be familiar with to describe this type of valley, it would be the Shenandoah Valley. Broad, broad area. So what I want to do tonight is consider three things that we would learn about this, these, this type of a valley and how they might be a help to us in our life as we deal with the trials, the struggles that come along as a result of living in the valley. Genesis chapter 11, verse 2 reads, And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. That word plain is the same word we find in regard to a valley. We long for mountaintop experiences. We've all heard it said as Christians, oh, it's a blessing to live on the mountaintop, Boy, the, the, to see God work mightily in our lives, and we think about that. But the fact of the matter is, the vast majority of our time is spent in a valley. It's noteworthy to wish to lead a more... Uh, beneficial life, a more blessed life, a more useful life. And sometimes I believe we overlook the opportunities God gives us in our day-to-day -day affairs. I'm going to pose something here. I, I don't know. How many of you are retired? Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, whether retired or still working, you might agree with me that many of us, we find ourselves doing pretty much the same thing day after day after day. We have a routine. We have a pattern that we follow. Uh, if you're working, it's the idea of getting up, getting to work, doing your stuff, and getting back home. You know, if you're taking care of the family, you got mom, you got dad, all the different things going on. But sometimes we feel like we're just caught in a rut. Because we do the same things every day, day in and day out. Well, along comes AFBM's family week. 
you have the missionary standing before you, you think, wow, what a great servant of the Lord. You hear about the work in Kunsan and, and what a blessing did. You hear about the work up in New Jersey and what goes on. You hear about those who are coming to our mission as new prospective missionaries and at getting ready to start deputation. You hear about all the different things that are going on. Think, wow, it would be great to be in a position to serve the Lord and accomplish great things like those men and women are doing in their places of service. May I say this? God gives every one of us an opportunity to serve him where we are. You think about the Shenandoah Valleys. I go back to that. If you've driven through the Shenandoah Valley, and I imagine many of you have, you notice all through the valley you have houses, you have schools, you have businesses, you have towns. Things, a lot of things take place. See, the thing is, in this type of, va of valley, that's where most everybody lives. It's tough living on the mountaintop. We talk about mountaintop experiences as a Christian, wanting to enjoy those great blessings, the pinnacle of our spiritual experiences. But the reality is, all of us are pretty much down here on this level plane. We're down in this valley, and that's where we spend the majority of our time. And for those of you, and I, I say this carefully, but for those of you who come to Family Week thinking, you are missing out on something because these folks who are a part of the mission are doing something great for the Lord and you're just stuck like a hamster on a wheel. Let me say you're looking at that incorrectly. The Bible warns us in 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 not to compare ourselves among ourselves. Understand these men and women who are serving the Lord in these areas of uh, service around the world, they're sinners saved by grace, just like you. The only difference between them is you is between them and you is that God has chosen a specific place of service for them somewhere other than here. But for all of you who are here, you, the church family of Good News Baptist Church, you are the lifeblood of this ministry. If it weren't for you, AFBM wouldn't exist. If it weren't for you, these 95 missionaries that you support, they wouldn't re be receiving the financial aid. Beloved, you folks who are serving here in this ministry, in what you may picture as a mundane, mediocre life, beloved, you are the reason Folks around the world are hearing the gospel because of your involvement behind the scenes. May I say, Pastor Asher and the pastoral staff can't do everything here, nor, the, nor can the church staff. It takes those of you who are faithfully living for the Lord, serving God. You're a part of the ministry. You're faithful in attendance. You're faithful in giving. You're faithful in praying. You're faithful in witnessing. You're faithful in serving. That's what it takes to make a great church. That's what it takes to make a successful ministry. And just because you're not out in the regions beyond doesn't mean your life, your service is meaningless or doesn't measure up to what other folks are doing. Understand, God puts every one of us in the body as it pleaseth him. And that's what he's done for you. You see, your presence here is just as important as Brother Taylor's presence 
in Korea. Because God has picked a place for him to serve, but God has also picked a place for you to serve. And sometimes we get the idea that, you know, we're just, we're just stuck in a rut. And I don't know who it is, but somebody said a, a rut is nothing more than a grave with both ends kicked out. No doubt you've heard that before. And we feel like just, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a dead end. But beloved, may I say this? God has a place of service for you. And by the way, you're making a difference. We've recognized that here. I'll give you a couple of examples. Monday night after we left the service, my wife and I stopped at the food lion right around the corner to go ahead and get some water to take back to the room. Went to the cashier. We were paying. I gave her a track. Invited her out to church. And she said, you know, I go to church in Portsmouth, but my children went to vacation Bible school there. And they loved it. You made a difference. You might not see it. Last night, Pete and Tammy Knickerbocker came by and the four of us went out to get some salad at Cracker Barrel after the service. Sat next to a man and his son. And uh, the tables were very close and Tammy, joking, looked over and says, you didn't know we were joining you for supper tonight, did you? But we got to talking to him. He said, looked like you just came from church. He said, well, as a matter of fact, we did and talked about it. Told him about AFBM and what we were doing here with this week. And he said, you know, I'm familiar with the church and I appreciate the ministry of AFBM. You know, what a blessing. They're a dear couple. He said he was saved. We had a chance to talk to him and his son. And, uh, you know, the missionaries of AFBM aren't the ones who made contact with those folks. Who did? You. Those of you who are serving in the midst of the daily routine of your life here. Oh, please, let's not be lulled to sleep by the mundane, by the mediocre, by the thought that we are just an ordinary Christian. You are extraordinary. If you love God and you are walking with the Lord and you can be used greatly in your service for him. Remember, Jesus said, if any man um, will uh, come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? (laughs) Say no to what I want. Accept his will for my life and obey him. Pretty simple when you break it down. The the issue is whether or not we're actually going to follow through with that. God expects us to be faithful in our service to the Lord. And in this everyday locale that the Lord has here, God will use you to be a witness for him, to be a voice for him, if you give him the opportunity. So the first thing we note about this particular valley, it's a place of our daily habitation. Some of you remember what it was like to go to Sears uh, in the Roebuck store. I don't know if there's any open around here still or not, but you'd go in and what would they advertise? Good, better, best. You know, well... You'd debate on that depending on what kind of money you had to work with. You wanted to get the best, but you knew that was the most expensive, so you kind of debate. Do I go with the middle of the road? Can I try and get by with the bottom one? Or do I go with the best? You know, the problem for us as a lot of Christians is we're debating whether or not good is good enough. But the Lord expects us to excel. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be as steadfast, 
unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. A pastor used to say, good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is, be until your good is better and your better is best. It ought to be the desire for us as God's children to be the best we can be in serving the Lord right here in the place he has chosen for us. Peter Marshall said, we all believe in the God of the heroic. And we do. We believe God can do great things, don't we? But what we need most these days is the God of the humdrum, the commonplace, and the everyday. It's been said the ability to joy life comes from within. It's a matter of character, not circumstances. Beloved, God has placed you here because he wants you here. That leads to our second thought over in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. Would you look at this? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. We see this valley also represents a place of blessing. Deuteronomy 8, 7. I love to hear the sound of Bible pages turning still. You know, some you're just, you're just sweeping through uh, screens on your, on your iPad or something like that. But it's good to hear Bible still. Deuteronomy 8, 7, for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. You know, sometimes valleys get a really bad rap as far as our view, our attitude toward them, because we have a tendency to apply all kinds of negative connotations to a valley. But we find there are a number of examples in Scripture where God does great things in the valley. And this matter of the daily routine, this is the place where we see the Lord blessing us most. May I ask you this? Has the Lord blessed you today in some way? Amen. Yeah. yeah. Did you tell him thank you? That's the key. He blesses us richly each and every day. Again, we, we talk about those mountaintop experiences when it's so wonderful to be with the Lord. But do you recognize every day we could say, this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. He blesses us so abundantly. Psalm 68 verse 19 said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. He's not doling them out with a pair of tweezers. He's dumping them on us by the bucket or the shovel full. The problem is we're so caught up in what we think should be happening in our lives, what we're disappointed about not happening in our lives. We overlook the fact God in his goodness watches over us, cares for us, and blesses us on a daily basis. You know, with a crowd this size, if you, this size, if you had a, a testimony time, it should last for hours. It really should. Daily, we see God's provision his protection, his direction. Daily we experience his comfort, his counsel, his correction. What a joy to know the Lord looks upon us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He watches over us on a daily basis. And my, to see how he works so mightily and greatly in our lives. 63 times the word daily shows up in scripture. You know, the Lord expects us to live for him consistently. 
too many Sunday morning Christians and Monday you couldn't tell if they were saved or not. Oh my, how God wants us to live for the Lord each and every day. This valley of the daily routine. You can serve the Lord and be used mightily of him if you just choose to live today for him. And then tomorrow when you wake up, today I'm going to live for you. And then the next day, today, Lord, I'm going to walk with you. How do we do that? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy soul and thy strength and thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Daily, the Lord pours out his bounty upon us. James 1.25 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. To do that which, is, which God has given us to do. Again, I'm addressing you tonight. Good News Baptist Church. What has God given you to do here in this place? Oh my, how the Lord has blessed it with the, those who have helped in, in kitchen duties and, and setting up and cleaning and all the different things associated with this week. But beloved, there's another 51 weeks in the year that y'all can get involved in. God would have each of us serving him. Our pastor used to say, every saint a servant, every member a minister. We can enjoy the blessings of the Lord on a daily basis and we can be a part of blessing others on a daily basis. Our third text, Joshua chapter 11, if you would. Joshua chapter 11. Here we see two different valleys mentioned in verse 8 and verse 17. This reminds us, not only is this type of a valley a place of habitation, it's a place of blessing, but it's also a place of conflict and victory. Joshua 11, 8. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel, who smote them and chased them unto great Zidon, and unto Meraphoth Maim, and unto the valley of Mizpeth, eastward, and they smote them until they left them none remaining. Then drop down to verse 17. Even those from Mount Halak that goeth up to Seir, even unto Baalgad in the valley of Lebanon, under Mount Hermon, all their kings he took and smote them and slew them. You have two valleys mentioned here, the valley of Mizpah, the valley of Lebanon. Both are identified as places of conflict and victory for God's people. May I say this, on our daily trek through this valley of the routine, we will experience many challenges and struggles, but we can experience an equal number of victories if we keep our eyes on the Lord. It's interesting when you consider what um, David is, or what, what is being said here by Joshua. Uh, this matter uh, was, was experienced by David. And your, and your pastors talked a, a little bit about David in, in daily devotion as well. And, wow. David experienced Many blessings in his life. But do you understand? Victory cannot be experienced without conflict. Conflict. It comes from 
disagreements over personalities, principles, priorities. It might be disagreements between, uh, in regard to people, to property, to possessions, to practices, or a hundred other things. Problems will arise in our daily affairs and activities as a Christian. But you know, God has a solution laid out in his word that we might experience victory. And that's one of the things that's been discussed this week among uh, the, uh, the daytime sessions. And what a blessing to be reminded, God's word has a solution for every problem we face. God's word has a plan for us as his children to know how to move forward in the face of conflict and opposition and diversity. Think about David, Psalm 13 he, he speaks of daily sorrow. Psalm 42, daily reproach. Psalm 56, daily oppression. Also in Psalm 56, daily fighting. I don't know about you, but I think I'd get tired of that after a while. That's not really something I'd want to be a part of on a daily basis. But in light of all of that, you know what else he said? Psalm 61.8. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform thy vows. In the midst of conflict, he still saw the importance of worshiping. In the midst of struggles and sorrows and fighting and heartache and running and hiding, he still found time to worship the Lord. That's how we experience victory in our daily walk. That's how we see God at work in our lives. Beloved, God will do great things here, not only for the church collectively, but for you individually as you trust God and walk with him in this matter of recognizing the trials and struggles that come on a daily basis. It was General Douglas MacArthur who said, In war, there is no substitute for victory. May I say this in our walk with Christ? There's no substitute for victory there either. Oh, how important it is for us to recognize we are more than conquerors through Christ. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are on the Lord's side, as the hymn writer put it. The problem is we forget. Sometimes we defect. Sometimes we're AWOL. We ought to be with the Lord, walking with the Lord, serving him in his army, doing that which he has given us to do. And he will grant the victory. Someone has said the first step to victory is to recognize the enemy. May I say this? The enemy's not the person sitting on the other side of the aisle. The enemy is the wicked one who walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The enemy is this world. The Bible tells us not to be friends with the world. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. It tells us not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Plenty of warnings about this. And we have to be honest and say, this world is not now, nor has it ever been a friend of Christianity. You have to decide whose side you're going to be on. 
You have to determine who you're going to walk with, who you're going to be the comrade of. You had to determine whether or not you're going to recognize or experience victory on a daily basis. This particular valley, it's where we live. It's where we get by on a daily basis. And just because it, it just, we, we sometimes think there just should be more. More what? <laughs> what more do you want than to experience the blessing of God? To know that the Lord Jesus Christ stands at your side, walks with you through this life, guides and cares for you, to, and, and teaches us and helps us in all that we do. Beloved, my heart breaks for those who are, who are not satisfied with what Christ does for them on a daily basis. What a joy to know Jesus is our Savior. This valley of daily routine, it's a place of habitation. It's where we live. It's a place of blessing. It's where we see God at work. It's a place of conflict and victory where we see God delivering us through our failures, our mistakes, and our shortcomings. What a joy to know the Lord has done great things here at Good News Baptist Church, but we know he's not done. I trust you pray daily for your pastor. You know, the devil's out to destroy him. The devil's out to destroy the testimony of this church. When you're telling people they need to trust Christ as their Savior, when you're telling people that this Bible is the only hope of their salvation, they don't like hearing that. But beloved, where else can somebody go to hear the truth? You can go to other churches of like faith and practice, but there aren't that many of them around anymore. Make sure you're holding the line here. Your missionaries on the foreign field are counting on you, the lifeblood of this church. And please, don't fall into the trap of thinking you're not really doing anything important. My, my, you are. Thank God for this ministry. Stand together. Serve together. Be united in your labor for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I assure you, God will grant you victory on a daily basis. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all you've done for us as your people. We thank you, Lord, for your, your love and your watch care. We thank you, Lord, for how you direct in our lives we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, how we've been reminded this week of how mightily you work in the lives of those of your saints who love you and walk with you. God, we thank you for what you've done here in this ministry. But help the folks here to realize they are a vital part of your work, not only here in Chesapeake, in Tidewater, in Virginia, but as well around the world. God bless and use them. Help to be faithful, please. And we thank thee and ask that you'd be glorified through these thy people. We ask it in thy son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241.
We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.